Welcome back to another episode of Puck Rambles Hockey Podcast on Hockey. Today we're talking Phil Kessel, three on three overtime, face-off wins in the defensive zone, and who are you looking forward to watching this year? Let's do this. Hey. Hey, man. How's it going? Pretty good, pretty good, pretty good. We're getting, uh, it's getting cooler here in Korea. Some of the leaves are starting to turn. Yes, and, weather uh, talk. Yep, definitely. That can getting... only mean one thing, closer and closer to the season. Yep. Nicely done. You know who's getting ready for the season? <laughs> uh, everyone. Everyone, but one, one player in particular is getting ready for the season. Have you heard that Phil Kessel has lost... A total, a grand total of 13 pounds, 7 kilograms off his back. Are you, is this a joke or are you serious? He will no longer be carrying that monkey on his back. Wow. That's awesome. So he's down to 250 and uh, should be a lot lighter on his skates. Um. <laughs> that, that's what happens when you have you know, the possibility of playing one of the best players in, in the world. That's right. You may want yeah. to try to keep in all up. honesty, what is he now? Because he, he was what was he? He was not that heavy, right? Like he's just a different sort of different body uh, type for sure. Type. Yeah, but I remember like early on in the season, it was like, hey, he's only what seven more pounds than Crosby. So is he now yeah, officially it's a lighter than Crosby? Seven pounds, though. It's a different seven. Oh, pounds. for sure, for sure. But I just I, wonder what I, he is. I also am the same weight as Crosby. <laughs> I am also taller than Crosby. Yes, this is true. Uh, but I don't think the distribution the distribution of my weight is exactly the same as the way Crosby has yeah. it. Is. So what you're saying is you don't walk down the street and people say, "Hey, there goes Sidney Crosby," or at least not Sidney Crosby's ass or Sidney Crosby's yeah. legs or Sidney Crosby's neck. Well, he must be. You know, Phil was actually only just over two bills, right? I mean, we're not talking about like a 220, 230 kind of play. Yeah, he was right around 200. So if he lost 13 pounds, this guy could be in the 180s now, right? I mean, I mean, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. So that will make him fast. That's going to make He's him faster. Fast. And I wonder if he, um, yeah, that's interesting. That's going to be interesting to see. I wonder what kind of effect that'll have on his game. I mean, in all, you know, all joking aside and all seriousness, um, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. What, oh, what's it's a huge, yeah. huge, yeah, it's a huge drop for him. That's a lot of weight. If you if you're two o whatever, you know, in change two o two, two o three, and you drop thirteen, you go down to one ninety or even in one eighty eight, one eighty nine. That that's a big difference. It's a huge difference. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So Phil Kessel, proud of him. Good job, Phil. Good on you, Phil. Well done, yeah. Phil. Slow clap. Taking that Toronto, that Toronto vibe back out. Yeah. Um. I thought we'd talk about goals and more specifically the NHL's attempts at upping the total goals in a game. Yeah. Maybe if you change the rules in the offseason here, uh, they've, of course, they've added the three on three overtime. Yeah. They've done away with the four on four altogether. And now they've added the three on three overtime, which should increase actual goal output. If for nothing else, it's just going to be fun. It'll be chaotic. Yeah. It's going to be odd man rushes for 
the, exactly. the entire overtime. It'll be fun. Yeah, yeah. It'll be fun. Yeah. They've added this new little ditty here about face-off rules, and it has to do with the defensive zone takes. Mm-hmm. And it seems like the defensive team now has to put their stick down first, even if they are the home team. Which, as you as you know, if you're playing center, if your opposite, if the opposite player puts their stick down first, it is way easier to win a faceoff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know what? I mean, just thinking about it, like I, that's going to be interesting to see. You know, everyone's going to be, or at least the analytics community is going to be all over that one, right? Uh, that that that's right up their alley. That's a huge. That's going to be a huge stat, and, and an important one, I think, too. I'm not taking a shot at. Uh, anyone that's into the advanced stats, I am too. And it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out over the course of a season. But I sort of think, wouldn't it be more interesting, really, if you're going to go for it, go for it. It Wouldn't it be more interesting, defensive zone, home team or road team, uh, if you got to face off in the offensive zone, the offensive team gets last, last change. How about that? You know, if you want more goals, how about that? Uh, that that would that would up that could have an effect for sure. Oh, I think it have sure. I think it have a much 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 bigger effect than that because you get the line line out there that you want, you get the matchup that you want, and uh, well, the biggest correlation in goals in goal output has always been the power play. The more power plays yeah. they have in the NHL, the more goals that they'll actually produce, right? So, like back in two thousand and five, two thousand and six, you know, they were about just a slight. This is right after the lockout. Yeah. Just a slight sliver below 12 power plays a game, mate. That's a lot, man. That's insane. But you remember the, the year after the lockout, how they were just calling everything. Yeah, they were. And, there was and, new changes. And, and guys were having a hard time adjusting because, too, exactly. right? It's like, what, what do you mean? That that was an interference 18 months ago. What's going on exactly. here? Exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah. So now they've, they've adapted in 2014-15. Now it's right about six power plays a game. That's a huge drop. That is a huge drop, yeah. And I I like goals. I mean, for me, it's tough, right? It, it's tough. You know, and this isn't like a, you know, oh, you don't know hockey and you never played the game or anything like that. It's just like, I'm okay with not a lot of goals. I really am. What I like is chances. That's um, exactly what And I just like a great about. pace of a game. And if it's 2-1 or 7-6, whatever. Uh, it doesn't matter to me, but I do understand that goals are important. You want goals. You got to sell goals. This isn't soccer here. It's not the Premier League. Um, but so, I, so I totally well, get that. We're not going to get into soccer, but that's what soccer is all about too. Apart from the pace, that's exactly what soccer is all about. It's all about chances. It's not about goals. It is about chances, yeah. But there's not there's not a lot. Like there really isn't that many. Um, no, but the the chances are also within the play, right? So I don't know why I want to talk about soccer. Yeah, yeah, but, but, yeah exactly. But like yeah, it's yeah. basically a pass is a chance, yeah, and that's yeah. what's exciting yeah. about soccer. In hockey, it's the same thing, except that everything's moving. Yeah, yeah, and, so and, much and, and I guess yeah, not to get off too too off point here, but but I I think what I was also trying to say is that I just I don't want to see a game where there's like 12, 15 power plays a game. Like I, that's just too many. It's too many power plays. Like, yeah, I like goals, but I also it like breaks up. I also yeah, like a competitive game. And, and when you got guys that um, you know, if you got twelve to fifteen power plays a game, that that just seems like too many, doesn't it? Would you rather just go back to well, go back? I mean, it hasn't it wasn't recent, but would you rather go back to a full two minutes? Yeah, people talk about that. Yeah, that that's kind of interesting too, because that's yeah, like you said, going back, that's that's really old school. I mean, before we were born, right? 
Sure. I think I'd rather see that than, you more know, power a ton plays. more power plays. Yeah. Because yeah. I just don't. But then again, I guess it averages out, right? You know, maybe the total sure. time of a game on the power play. You just don't want most of the, the game to be on the power play. You want five on five hockey. Uh, until you get to overtime, and then you and there's three nothing three. worse than a bad power play, too, right? <laughs> yeah, there's nothing worse to watch. Yeah, bad power play is just not clicking. It's just the whole the whole game is like a waste of two minutes. It is. There's tons of teams that can't even enter the zone. They they can't they can't get it together. They look like uh, it's just a bunch so of monkeys much on every single team. Yeah. There. Um. So basically, more goals. That's what they're trying to do. Uh, face-offs in defensive zone. A little bit change. It's interesting. I find. It should actually up the face-off wins yeah. for the offensive team by about, you know, a grand total of a 70-30 split, maybe. Yeah, and to your point, so there you go. Maybe you get you get control of the puck, you get more shots on net. That very well could lead to more, more goals. Shots, more shots yeah. on net gets, you know, probably leads yeah. to more goals. So, yeah, we'll see what happens here. Um, Let's switch it up. Yeah. Let's talk about the uh, upcoming year here. Let's talk about players in particular and whoever you want to talk about. But my question for you is, who are you looking forward to seeing play this year? I um, wow, lots of guys. Um, pick one in the West, pick one in the East. Uh, yeah, I want to see what Jamie Ben can do again. Uh, can he do it? Yeah, again. I want to see him. Hips. I want to see. He's Sagan. just coming off of hip surgery, right? Yeah, he is. I want to see. Um, so many guys are coming off this hip surgery. Yep. Yeah, it's they all are. Preventive. Yeah, it's all preventive. Yeah, which you know, I mean. Yeah, you, you got to do what you got to do, right? To to stay yeah. at, at the top of your game. So exactly. um, you probably want to avoid surgery if you can. But um, to your point, you know, a lot of this stuff is preventative too. So, um, but I'm looking forward to seeing him say again. I want to see what the Kings can do. I'm very interested can in Can they that. have a bounce back here? Yep, if they can. But um, if I had to say one guy in the West, not really an up-and-coming player, but I just want to see how he does on a new team. That might be Dougie Hamilton, actually. I just want to see... That's a good call. Yeah, That's a good yeah, call. I want to see the type of player he is there. If he actually turns into this sort of... Without uh, Chara? ...franchise player. You know, because if he does, that's sort of that's sort of three franchise players that Boston is, uh, has given up. You know, in Kessel, in Sagan, and now Dougie Hamilton. Advanced stats on him are calling him as a franchise player for sure. He could be, and Jaron Dano is uh, no spring chicken, you know. Even though exactly. he, even though he got the contract of one, um, but yeah, I mean, Dougie Hamilton's going to be huge for that team. Out east, um, one guy that I think very well could be the next Jamie Ben is uh, Mr. Ryan Johansson from the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, the, That's an interesting team because they've had they were injury riddled last year. They were, yeah. And this guy had a uh, what did he have seventy something points last year? He's twenty three. With, with his line, like Foligno, Foligno had almost a point a game. Yeah, yeah. And they just they just they're a fun team. They're a hardworking team. I know that's super cliche, but they are. Like they they're on the puck. They've got great forecheck, um, and when they're healthy, they they can do some damage. So I'd I'd love to see them back in the playoffs. And I think this guy is just going to be. I think he's an emerging oh, he's superstar. Yeah, yeah, and I think he's going to be a point of play, uh, point of play, point of game player for uh, years to come. So I'm looking forward to it'll, him. I, I want to see what he can it'll do. It'll be interesting also to see what Saad can do with him on on his wing. Yeah, because Saad's not, you know, he's not a 40 goal scorer, but he could be this 25 to 30 goal scorer perennial, right? Every year, year sure. after year after year. So, so those two guys for me. How about you? For me, out east, uh, for me, it's all about Alex Galchenyuk. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, he's he, this is a big year for him. 
it, it is the year for him. This is, I mean, in terms of contract, he signed a one-year contract. It's a bit of a, a make-it-or-break-it year. He has to make the push to centerman, and if he doesn't, um, it's, it's just, it's just going to continue his downward spiral if he doesn't. You think so? You got, really? You, got, you, you got, think it's that that serious that it's going to turn his downward spiral? It's, it's year four. If he, Couldn't if he's he just not going to make it, the wing and the thing say he's, he's not supposed a center, to be an elite so. centerman. That's what I'm saying, right? He's okay. supposed to be an elite centerman in the NHL, and if he and that's that's where he starts. He starts at the potential of an elite centerman. Anything below that, to me, is a failure. That's what he was drafted as. That's what the expectations were when he came into the league. Mm-hmm. Not right away, right? Time to develop, but this is year four. And this is a contract year. This is this is the contract year for him. He decided to sign a, a one-year contract as opposed to a long-term contract just because he was banking on himself. Yeah. And he's yeah. working his butt off out in the offseason. He's coming out with all these little uh, Instagram videos and stuff about him, you know, jumping over fences or whatever he's doing. <laughs> is, he, is he running from the cops? What's he oh, doing? Oh, just dude. I don't know. He's on the beach doing all kinds of stuff, and he's doing this. No, uh, I know. They they do have some pirate. pretty. Uh, there's a lot of sort of unorthodox training out there, right? Uh, yeah. Nowadays, which which is cool, which is good to see. It's not all about just a, being a in lot the gym, of what he right? does. I see in NFL players. Yeah, they those guys. Movements. Yeah, they do a lot of a lot of different kinds of things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. In that sense, it might be harsh. It might be, you know, a bit, a bit of a fan view, I guess, a Montreal fan view at that. But to me, if he doesn't make it this year at center, or he doesn't, he doesn't bust out on left wing, points wise, mm-hmm. I, I think he's only going to regress. It's going, it's going to start looking like he's going to need a new coach, or he's going to need a new, a new environment, in order to succeed. That's what it's going to start feeling like. Yeah, so you're talking about downward spiral in in Montreal, like it's in not Montreal working. Itself, so not you, for his you need a, you need a fresh start. You, you're gonna have to go somewhere else, kid. Or yeah. he's gonna need a new he's gonna need a new coach. Okay, yeah, it's one of the two. Yeah, I mean, yeah, and in you know the hope is there that this guy's gonna be a center, and not only a center, but he's gonna be the center. And um, if that's not happening, yeah, then then that organization has sort of got to. You know they've got to reassess what's going on. Well, yeah, they're they're taking two sets back if he doesn't become a centerman. Yeah, who's in the pipeline there? They got centers in the pipeline, or <laughs> <laughs> uh, is that a no? <laughs> Michael McCarron, okay. who's about basically Boyle. Okay, yeah, so not much. Well, I mean, no, no number one centerman. Okay, they got some wingers, but they don't have any number one centerman coming up. So yeah, so a fourth fourth liner. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe a third, maybe a second. Yeah. You know, Brian Boyle's moved up and down depending on the team he was on and stuff. Okay. So not not, not the, on the game one. also. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely not a number one. Okay. Um, out west for me, it is Chicago. I want to see what happens with this team now. Yeah. This doesn't look good. If you look at their depth chart right now, they've gotten rid of a lot of big name players. Yeah. And if they do have a few young guns coming in, uh, you know, Tara Vinen might be might might be put in the second second line role there. Yeah, he probably could be. Yeah, yeah. You know, might. Um, but if Kane doesn't come back, you're talking the right side being you know really really thin now. Yep. And you're talking, and they got rid of their left side already with uh, you know with Sharpie and with with Sod and stuff. So yeah, it, it's you know. it's severely compromised for sure. Yeah. This it's not looking good for this team. If 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 Kane goes, yeah. Well, you know he's not going to be there, or, or it's 
incredible. Well, we have very, no very likely. We we don't know for sure, but it 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 it's it. You know, I don't know. I don't know. Even saying that, but it doesn't look like he's going to be there right from the get go. You know, um, maybe he is, maybe he isn't. I don't know. Um, but I think you sort of have to. You got to plan for that, right? And oh, to your point, sure. and to your point, you know who's there? Who are you going to plug in there? Teravainen, well, yeah, you kids. can. He's, he's he can be a top six guy, but you know how many other kids do they have ready to go right now? Uh, so we'll find out. We'll find out. I mean, you still got the great thing about Chicago is you still have incredible leadership in Taves, in Keith, in Seabrook. Um, so you know you've got solid goaltending. Uh, you're getting Roosevelt back, so you know you still got a pretty good defense as well. Uh, yeah, you lost Oduya, but um, you know there's a lot. Of, excuse me, there's a lot of great pieces there. But um, yeah, yeah. I mean, like you said, to your point, left side is gone, right side is weaker. What's going to happen with this team? And for a player for me, uh, West is going to be Milan Lucic. I'm just really interested to see if he can come back ah, to the beast. Yeah, the beast. Milan Lucic, uh, future Vancouver Canuck. Yeah, future Vancouver Canuck. Already <laughs> called himself out. No, that is already. Could I, I saw it. Did you? How did you feel about I think that? He, sl- he slipped that sweater on. He slipped the, the king sweater on, and as he slipped it on, he just basically said, "Yeah, I've always wanted to be a Vancouver yeah. Canuck," and he slipped a sweater. on. Yeah, I think so too. He's like, "I'm getting closer. I'm in LA now. I'm on the other yeah, side of the country. Exactly. At least, I, at least my fa- just, my family's right. Just got to go several uh, hundred miles up north, and and I'm there. And I'm there. Um, yeah, I thought that was a bit weird too, Milan Lucic. Anyone listening, he said last week that yes, I could see myself playing for the Vancouver Canucks, which is um, which is cool, you know, that's fine. But um, a lot of guys have the, that the that sort of hometown is, thing. But you know, he hasn't yeah, even played a single game for LA yet. Exactly, so. he hasn't met his teammates yeah. yet. He hasn't been in the room yet. He hasn't been a, he hasn't been an LA King yet. No, He's still pretty much in limbo, right? Yep. So I mean, it doesn't mean much. No, it doesn't mean anything. But um, but interesting. Until that guy that, goes that to war. So, so um, you're picking him, yeah? How do you think he's going to do? What kind of season is he going to have? Well, that's what's interesting about him. I'm really not sure because he's been he's been falling, slowly falling every single year, mm-hmm. you know, stats-wise for sure. And also play-wise, he's, he's kind of slow out there a little bit. He's, and, and, he, and, it's, and it shows, and it's, it's, not, it's not pretty. Yeah. Uh, the guy used to use his body a lot. Like, he used to be so much more imposing as a player. And yeah, his mind does not seem to compute that anymore. Yeah, he was a beast. He was uh, it, he was a bully. Think, he was out there. It was just it yeah, was the big bad Bruins and um, exactly. And I think all these playoff series with Montreal really got to him. And I think that that Reese thing that happened a couple of years ago really really changed him. Yeah, it's sort of like um, yeah. I mean, because it, it was it's was just two totally different styles, wasn't it? And it's like we're just gonna push you around. And hit you and bully you, um, except you're faster than us and you're more skilled than us and you're beating us, you know. So it's just sort of like they were outwitted, they were outsmarted, and um, yes, that brawn, that grit, that toughness. Um, sorry, there's a way around that, yeah. and they they really seem like like as an organization, not only him, it it, it certainly involves him, but yeah, they they've lost their whole mojo. It's gone. That's right. It's gone. No one is scared to play the Bruins anymore. No one. I mean, do you think they are? Anybody? Well, I don't think so. There's, there, there's nothing to be scared of anymore. Yeah. Right? Adam McQuaid, Chara. Chara's, Chara's actually a gentle giant out there. 
you know, don't get him angry. If you get him angry, yeah. he's nuts. But yeah, but yeah, I mean, to, you know, Thornton's gone, Luchit's gone, McQuaid's gone. not. You know, he's McQuaid's injured. Often. He's injured often, and he's just also not. You know, I mean, this isn't like a he's top four defenseman. <laughs> you know, he's not an yeah. impact player. Uh, yeah, they're just not. They've lost it. Whatever they had is it's gone. It's gone, uh, and um, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that team also. Yeah. Um, let's switch it up from the from the present to the past. I want because we were talking about players that you wanted to see this coming, uh, this coming year. I thought maybe I'd ask you also about players that are no longer in the game that are retired. Mm -hmm. Which ones do you miss watching? Like who do you wish was lacing up the skates this coming season in their prime, of course. Uh, but, oh wow! Like how far back are we going? Are we going? Oh, uh, you can go all the way back to nineteen twenty-two. Um. If that's what you remember. Well, my uh, memory is a bit shady from uh, 1922, but um, a little foggy. Uh, yeah, I, I miss all those guys. Like, I miss... I'm sort of partial to a lot of the Russian players as a Wings fan because they had a few good ones, you know, quite a few good they ones. Also, yeah, they brought you um, success, too. Yeah, and they did. So I, I do miss, you know, obviously Fedorov. I miss Bure, you know, out west in Vancouver. Um, I miss guys like that a lot. Certainly miss Lemieux, um, big time. We've talked about him a lot on this podcast. He was a monster. Um, and, and, you know, just my total complete Homer Homerism here. Uh, yes, you know, as I said, Fedorov, Eiserman, Shanahan. But uh, especially because it's so glaringly obvious now that this is so desperately what this team needs is I, Nick Lidstrom. You know, the perfect human. Yeah. Um, he just was so... He was just that type of player that, like, if you sat down and watched your first hockey game, um, you might actually not really notice him. You know, he wasn't he wasn't a Subban. You know, he wasn't even, like, a Dowdy type of player or a Duncan Keith. He was just so subtle. His subtleness is what made him great. And I think probably for 10 years... Uh, I didn't really know how good he was, but luckily he stuck around long enough to to where maybe the last ten years I was able to really pay attention. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. How about you? Uh he he was a definite great. Yeah, yeah, he was. I, the the thing that was interesting about the way he played was just where his stick was at all times. Yeah, there was um you know we're in this little fantasy hockey league together, um and guys have been throwing videos back and forth, and uh, one of them was. What is it like the beauty of the game or the beauty of hockey? Something like that. There's this highlight video, just montage of goals, assists, saves, hits. And um, one of the things you notice, although it's, you know, it's very brief, it's just a few seconds, uh, is Patrick Kane. You know, one-on-one -on -one with Nick Lidstrom. He comes down sort of on the left wing and then he cuts to the middle with the spinorama. His body's there, the puck's there. Everything is there for him to make a play. But in mid-spin, Lidstrom just taps the stick and uh so when kane spins that's what's impressive with that play too is that he tapped the stick not the puck. yeah he doesn't play the puck he doesn't even play the body he just takes out the the most important piece of equipment that you need as a hockey player which is your stick that's right and it's in this mid spin uh that he just taps it you know it's which not... works all the time yeah for kane, and, right? and so that that spin is a go-to it is for him. sure and so he spins around and his it, the puck is there his body's there everything's there but oh my stick is out of position i i don't have it where i want it and i don't have it where i need it 
And that was Lindstrom. You know, uh, the guy threw probably 17 hits his entire NHL career. Um, he didn't skate like Bobby Orr or Paul Coffey or Scott Niedermeyer. Obviously, he didn't hit like Scott Stevens. He wasn't mean like Chris Chelios, but... Um, Chris Pronger. Dude, or Pronger, God, yeah. Uh, but dude was just smart. You know, you talk about hockey IQ. And again, just the subtleness of, of the stick. It was always there, always making a great play. So true. That would be the guy for me. For me, it's going to... I'm going to go back to my youth and the, and the player that really impacted the way I saw the game. Um, for me, I... I there were a few players that I followed as a kid. There was, of course, you know, growing up, I had the Lafleur. Yep. Then it moved on to Gretzky. Then it went to like Matt Naslin. But in the end, like around Matt Naslin, has always been this one great player, the magnificent number sixty-six of the Pittsburgh Penguins, Mario Lemieux. Yeah. Um, I used to play hockey before his junior team sometimes and i always hear about him i never i've never watched him play until he played in the nhl mm. and man he just was so good mm. and so entertaining to watch the way he could hold on to the puck like kane does now not at the speed that kane does now in terms of dribbling or or moving that puck around but he can hold on to the puck as well as Kane or as well as Datsukoker did. But he also was, you know, as big as every defenseman that's in the league or bigger. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is it, it almost looked better because he was so big, right? It just sort of seemed more impressive as a, as a big dude to hold on to the puck like that. Yeah. The thing he did really well was he could find holes in positions like the triangle where the two skates and the stick or where, where the people's skates were, the, the angle of their skates. He could put pucks through people like nothing, kind of like what Datsik does now. Datsik does it with a, a higher, at a higher speed rate than, than he does, but the players that Datsik is playing against are much better too. But, man, could he, could he just go through people? Yeah. You, you couldn't stop him one-on-one. You could not stop him one-on-one. If there was a breakaway, the only guy you wanted to have the puck, it was him. Yeah. And it's interesting, too, that you, you just said something really interesting, interesting to me, sorry, is uh, you look at the, who was the other big guy that came into the league that was so good um, in the 90s? The Lindros. The Lindros. Like, if he would have sort of modeled his game more after that, because Eric Lindros was a very skilled hockey player. I'm not sitting here suggesting he was as good as, as uh, Lemieux. I know but, what you mean. <clears throat> but you know what I mean? If he would have modeled more of that style and instead of like the i'm just gonna big cr- i'm quick. just gonna crash through everybody and That's no what one can hurt that. me ever you know it's it's, it's as if Lindros was big too quick in his life he was too big too quick in his life and it ended up working against him because this is a guy that's you know 15 16 years old uh there were guys what you know there, there, there were gms saying, there were gms body. saying this guy can play in the nhl at 16 uh because he was that size um and he was also that good not a good idea sure. to be in NHL at the age of sixteen, but no, well, it wasn't a good idea for him to be at the NHL at eighteen. Yeah, either. exactly. That's but um, completely wrong. But you know, if he if he would have modeled his game more after that, you know, rather than this sort of um, just you know kind of crash and Crashing. burn kind of you know exactly. rock him sock him sort of uh, style of hockey, like he man, he, he could have been even better. It. Yeah, yeah, and he did, and he he had he was a he had good hands for a big guy. Yeah. You know, he had a good shot. 
Again, um, we're not we're not saying that he was Lemurian. No, 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 but no. But he um, was definitely one of the great big men yeah, that's yeah. ever played the game. Yeah, I think if anything, I'm just saying he he should have modeled his game more yeah. after Lemieux than uh, than he did, which which might not have been at all, you know, when you actually watch him play. Yeah, sure. Lemieux was good, and uh, the one thing that always impressed me with Lemieux was, especially towards the end of his career, just how patient he was with the puck. And yeah, how like Jagger is doing that. Yeah, and just yeah, exactly. Like how much time he knew he had, and he knew that he had seconds, which is a lot of time. You know, he had seconds more than than everyone else. Sure, um, sure. And it I mean, showed. It showed. He, look how quickly the puck leaves a stick as soon as it gets there in the yeah. NHL. We're, th- we're talking under a second usually, especially for a young guy. Yeah, there's and there's guys that definitely even in the NHL that that get the puck and as soon as they get it, they're just looking to get rid of it. Um, and that was never Lemieux. It was like, I'll hold on to it and let me take a look, and yeah. uh, let me just double check that and let me. Okay, oh, you want to come get it? Sure, come, come closer. I'll come wait closer. for you to That's get open. That's one less guy we worry yeah. about. Yeah, yeah. Why don't I just hold this while you get open <laughs> and then I'll get That's it. That's right. Oh, man. Yeah, he was. He, that, was, he was just a joy to watch to me. Yeah, and you're right. I mean, that, that's... was fun. Every, I mean, there's a lot of players that were fun to watch. You know, Bury was fun. Oh man, yeah, the speed. You know, what I'm saying like yeah. Fedorov was fun. Just like you talk about the Russian, the Russian factory in NHL at the yeah. time. But to me, Lemieux, yeah, of course, he's one of the greats that's ever played the game. Yep. But to me, he was just the most exciting player. Super fun to watch. Yeah, just exactly. Yeah, yeah.